Welcome to the Impressive Digital Marketer Podcast. If you're a brand manager or a marketer, entrepreneur, or you're just interested in everything digital, listen up, because this podcast is for you. We're Impressive, a digital marketing agency in Melbourne. We've put together this podcast to cover some of the most current topics in digital marketing. Every two weeks, we'll be talking about subjects related to SEO, PPC, and Facebook advertising. Some of the industry's experts will be jumping in on the mic for each show with a different set of hosts every fortnight. This podcast is run by you, the listener. So reach out and tell us what you want us to talk about. All right, should we dive into the world of digital marketing? G'day, g'day, and welcome to episode seven of the Impressive Digital Marketer. My name's Caleb Wynn. I'm an account director here at Impressive. Uh, today, we're a bit of a special episode talking about an event we went to uh, about a week ago in Sydney called Ad Week. And in an unprecedented event for the Impressive Digital Marketer, there's actually three of us on the podcast for once. So I want to welcome both the other participants. First of all, Nicole, you want to introduce yourself and I guess tell the listeners what you do here. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Nicole and I head up our social team at Impressive. Uh, and we've also got Kayla who was there in, with Adweek in Sydney last week with us. Uh, Kayla, introduce yourself as well. So I'm Kayla Jancaster, so I work with Nicole in terms of managing the social sides of things at Impressive. Excellent. So uh, yeah, last week the three of us went up to Sydney uh, to Luna Park for a couple of days for Adweek. Pretty awesome, pretty insightful. My mind was certainly blown, but we thought we'd, uh, whilst it's still fresh in our minds, get the chance to, I guess, convey it to you guys, our listeners. Nicole, Kayla, one of the big things that they talked about there is brand. Now, something I've always thought that, I mean, it's been drilled into me that brand isn't super important when it comes to digital because everything's trackable and we can just, you know, look at a ROI on every single metric and then, you know, it's basically a license to print money. But I guess that's good on paper. When it comes down to it, am I right in saying brand is still really important for digital marketing? Uh, yeah, so I, I think a couple of the presenters from um, Google, Instagram, who else did we have, Kayla? We had Google, Instagram, Facebook. It was a trending topic. So I think one of the big things, um, a couple of the partners from Deloitte said uh, that failing to recognise the importance of brand comes at a cost for a lot of people. In the survey, um, businesses whose brands had stagnated over the past year uh, have seen their revenues fall by like 13% on average. And this is just talking about the last year in the period. Yeah, so I think that's a conversation we have with our clients quite a lot in terms of the branding side of things because these days there's so much data that we can leverage to accelerate results and campaigns and really hit the ground running, but it can restrict things quite a lot in terms of results. So you could have a campaign that performs really, really well leveraging data to start with, but if it doesn't have that brand value, it's not going to survive long term. And I know that's something that Kayla Itzine's talked about in terms yeah. of brand value over sales value. Yeah, that that was a that was a big thing. Um, a lot of businesses, when they run their social media campaigns, they're focusing on the sh- short term metrics, which is return on investment. They're not thinking about the kind of wider campaign strategy, and in doing that, they could be missing out on what they actually should be optimizing for their brand, working towards the wrong wrong signals really, if they're too focused on the short term goals. Yeah, because Malcolm Poynton, the CCO of Chill Worldwide. He was talking about the fact that leveraging data too much enables you to colour inside the lines rather than outside. So if you leverage your brand value and your messaging and really promote your brand, you can be more creative and a lot more successful because there's a lot more opportunity there when you go outside of the data. Yeah, and 
also like looking at where your audiences are now. Um, they're not just, you know, you can't focus on traditional media, TV and radio. There are still people there, but where are your consumers on digital? And think about how your consumers are now behaving. Everybody's performing, you know, behaving differently when they engage with marketing. So marketers, um, we need to be developing techniques to expand our brand strategies to engage with um, all of these new audiences across social and mobile. Yeah, excellent. I agree. I think, you know, coming away from that is realistically brand is kind of the foundation of a, of a good campaign and a good business and any, any marketing campaign you're going to run. And we talk about a lot in terms of any Facebook strategy that we launch. In terms of the first three months has to be about brand. Has to be about establishing the brand, getting people familiar with what your brand is, what your message is, getting familiar with what you're actually selling, but what your value is. So what sets you apart from different brands? Because if you focus just on the sales from the get-go, you're going to get some sales straight up, but they're going to drop off over time and then your Mm. business is going to drop off long-term. And they need to be considering the bigger picture. It's not just a one-channel approach. You can't be relying on one channel to drive um, your marketing results for your business. Um, Think of it as an omni-channel approach. Yeah, that was spoken about quite a lot. It's not just leveraging Facebook or Instagram or Google or one of the above. It's leveraging everything together because that's what's going to drive your success long term. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the things I kind of learned is is more around that brand point of view is, is do something amazing, attach it to your brand and then not do something amazing on Facebook is how does the amazing thing you're doing fit into Facebook landscape? How does it fit into Google rather than focusing on that channel first? So obviously brand, one of the most important things um, for any company but when it comes to advertising uh, and getting people to engage with your brand we're really finding that video is now becoming you know most of the most predominant channel that people are engaging one of the really cool presentations we went to uh, was with google and they talked about the difference in video advertising now and actually i really loved the title of the session because it was called the unskippable future of video advertising which you know you think is an obvious one but what they're referencing is the ability to now skip ads within youtube What I found really interesting is they talk about advertising being storytelling and how traditional storytelling just doesn't cut it anymore. I'm a big fan of of movies and understand that a movie needs to be act one, act two, act three, with the climax being at the end of act two. Uh, However, obviously, that doesn't really translate into, you know, advertising when if you don't like act one, you can just skip it now. Nicole, what did you think of that? Um, I, I think it's very, very relevant for brands and particularly creatives, creative agencies, not just digital agencies. It's anyone that is a video content producer or it works within marketing in this space. So like, like you said, you've got a kind of bell curve where you have a slow start, you get to the next stage, then you've got your, your climax, but that might not be till you know, like 20 seconds into the ad. But what I loved was they showed this uh, example from Dior, which was an advertisement from last year with Natalie Portman, you kind of, you're taken through this journey and then finally you kind of get a peak and then it sort of dies down again. And then when you look back at now, the most recent campaign from Dior that we have on social, and I've seen this pushed out across Instagram, um, YouTube, they've got different variations, but it's like two seconds in and then boom, climax. happens. And so that, this is what they were they were talking. It's the, uh, talking about it's the emerging story arc which is you start on a high, you have some subtle branding cues, there's an unexpected shift, so we kind of have a downward fall, then there's a few more peaks and then at the end of it you're left wanting more of the story. And I think Dior was a great example that both um, Matt and David spoke about. Um, The other thing that I remember them touching on was that by 2021 they're saying that 82% of all internet traffic will be via video 
which is interesting. So what's going to happen to people who aren't investing in video content? Absolutely. I think that was a really big one they spoke about. It's cross-channel as well. Videos was what gets your attention and gets you engaged and you want to find out a bit more. Long gone are the days where a banner ad could just stop you in your tracks and you'd read the whole paragraph of information. In a video, you can get so much more out there so much more quickly. And in terms of that video message, it's something that's changed so much over time. You're talking about that arc and how that's changed as well. And my favourite line probably of that conference was when they talked about the fact that with video advertising, you have to put the action up first, so serve dessert first. Mm. And I think that calls really true to everything we're doing, particularly on social media. Because if you don't have the action there in the first couple of seconds, your audience is going to keep scrolling through and they're going to find something else that they're much more engaged with. Yeah, and you need to have this strategy uh, behind how you build the content. So being clever in how you construct and deliver it. Um, And I guess like, overall technology is changing how we rethink this and how producers are doing this with their videos. So you need to be making content that's relevant and useful for your consumers but is also relevant to your brand. Yeah, and I think that ties into what the guy from Facebook Creative Shop was talking about. And there's so many different changes to how video is being used and different ad types and different creative and video and making it a lot more exciting. And he really spoke about the fact that don't wait to learn how to do it all, just have a stab at it learn from your mistakes, tweak it over time. But if you don't get out there and do it first, you're missing out. And and that's exactly what um, Jim Squires, who was the head of marketing to Instagram, exactly the same thing that he said. You know, uh, they have these new creative platforms like Instagram Stories this year become available and brands are, oh, you know, we need a whole strategy behind it. Just get in and do it. Yeah. Just put something out there and obviously make it branded, make it relevant, but refine your greater strategy as you go. But if you can be you know, first there, then your customers are going to admire you for that. And they're going to see you as an innovative brand rather than one that is stagnant. Yeah. And it kind of calls true to the fact that the most successful ads and video content aren't the most professional, the most well thought out. A lot of the time they're the most natural, the most relevant to audiences. So it really calls true to just having a stab at it, getting it out there, playing, learning from mistakes and tweaking over time. The audience is going to relate a lot better to seeing something that's not 100% flawless to having something that is yeah just out there for the sake of it yeah you got to figure out the ways that people are going to find your content and how people want to find your content too absolutely i think you know with so much video now being consumed on mobiles it's when you know what i found is one of the biggest barriers for my clients wanting to launch video advertising is they feel like they need to hire a video production company Mm. and fly in a crew and and put catering on for stars (laughs) to come in and chat but it's like your video is going to be consumed on mobile yeah film it on mobile yeah, um, shoot, shoot vertical. Yeah, You've got a phone. Um, everybody's got a phone. Mm. It doesn't have to be this a Hollywood production. It can be an organic piece of content. You see fashion brands doing this all the time where they have not even just fast fashion but behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, anything that gives you a look into the behind-the-scenes of the brand can be helpful and that might be all you need to do on your Instagram stories. Most businesses have an Instagram account. They might not have a social media person but they have a person who's capable of at least filming yeah. some short video content. It makes the content more relatable to the user at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I obviously resonated with the titles of the sessions a lot because one thing that stuck with me is the title of the first session we went to, which was Be Afraid, Be Very Afraid, But Do It. <laughs> yeah. And I think that kind of was the almost the theme of then every other uh, presentation yeah, we went yeah. to. Um, like with uh, Jeff, Jeff Goodby. Mm, he was amazing. He was amazing. I know that that is more talking about um, your traditional like 
mediums of TV, but they were talking about YouTube and yeah. um, how many billions of people or impressions they achieved Completely. with just these kind of, I wouldn't call it guerrilla marketing because there was a strategy behind it and yeah. it, was, it was smart. It was really smart. Yeah, he spoke about the fact that if you're not scared when a campaign is going live, that you haven't done it right because safe isn't going to get you results. And that's something that relates to a lot of our clients, I think, because a lot of the time you see something like might not be 100% in terms of what I would think will resonate with my audience, but a lot of the time, particularly seeing in the data and back in Facebook and Instagram, what we think might perform really, really well often doesn't. And it can change. You've got to let the audiences figure out and tell you what they're engaging with and what they're resonating with. Yeah, so that first session was presented by Fernando Machado, who's the global CMO for Burger King. Uh, and what he spoke about, he showed us all these different case studies of campaigns he's run. Uh, and it was, as I was saying earlier, it's kind of just like he thought of something amazing for their brand. They went out and did it and it was awesome. It might not have just been him. could have been his team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's they, true. Had, they came up with this sick idea. So they, they presented heaps. But I think my favorite one, it was called How Far Would You Not Go For A Whopper? Uh, and what they did is that in Romania, the only place you could get to a Burger King and, of course, get a Whopper is in the airport after Which is, security. That, that's how I think about Burger King here. I'm pretty sure it's not true. Yeah. But the yeah. only time I think about getting Burger King is at the really airport. Say, yeah. Well, it's Hungry Jack's everywhere except the only time you see a Burger King oh, is true. at the airport. Yeah. 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 But it, right. it's the same sort of concept. <laughs> Uh, and so what they did is partnered with Romania's biggest travel agent to create this website uh, called How Far Would You Not Go For A Whopper? And it just showed the last minute cheapest possible flights available. So people were paying their three or four euros to get on a Ryanair flight. Just to get through yeah. security, to not get on a flight. Exactly. <laughs> and then the name of the campaign, How Far Would You Not Go For A Whopper, is just so good. And what it did is it obviously then created heaps of, heaps of user-generated content of people walking through security, filming themselves. I remember there's that one guy sitting there like eating his burger and he can hear his name being announced over the speaker <laughs> and he's just giggling to himself. Such a brilliant campaign. I loved his other one that they spoke about. Um with Burger King, where they kind of trolled McDonald's around Halloween. Oh, the clowns. Which was the clowns. Yeah. I, I don't know what the name of the campaign is. I'm sure we can find it on YouTube. But basically, come into Burger King on Halloween, dressed as a clown, and you'll get a free, was it free Whopper? Free Whopper yeah. meal. Yeah, a- yeah. Amazing, and the lift in sales that they, you know, they were able to. Um, it was a 15% lift in yeah, sales yeah. on top of giving away free food. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. I loved, though, that so many of those clowns are Ronald McDonald's. Yeah. And, and just and made it that say, much yeah. better. Yeah, exactly. And all the PR that they generated from that, oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, well, they said they're going to do it every year now. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be a massive thing because why wouldn't you? It's abs- absolutely killed it. So we'll, we'll put links to all these clips uh, in the show description so you guys can check them out as well. And I guess back to uh, Jeff Goodby and I guess another campaign we'll probably link down in the show description was Jeff Goodby again from Goodby Silverstein and Partners and his campaign for Cheetos. Kayla, I know you're a big fan of it. Did you want to talk the listeners through it? Oh, I laughed for so long. The best part of this was everyone in the audience was so engaged and just laughing so hard. So if you have a group of a few thousand marketers absolutely like kicking themselves with these stories, you know the audience is going to – yeah. I'm definitely going to resonate. But yeah, so the Cheetos case study that Jeff Goodby talked us through was essentially they had, and I remember seeing this on different media outlets as well, they had a campaign where you had to take a photo of a Cheeto that looked like someone famous or something famous. So they had, what were the ones they did? Uh, they, they ended up putting up a like a museum. I know that, that like this came after it, but as, yeah, as a consequence so of generating all this interest online through YouTube, all these um, news stories and PR, they did an installation at Grand Central Station in New York 
which had like the Nike swoosh, Harambe, the gorilla, which – Yeah. And there was I think a second part of this was all this user-generated contents going around. Somebody found a Cheeto that looked like Harambe and put it on eBay and it sold for $60,000. Yeah, I think that was $100,000. $100,000. I think it was $100,000. Yeah, the marketing message was if you find one of these Cheetos that look like something cool, we'll give, we'll give you, you $60,000. Yes. And that's a lot of money. So people were – Jeff Goody was talking about the fact that he walked into the office one day and he saw a massive type, like just tower a pile of Cheetos. of Cheetos. And someone was just going just through one by one, sifting. trying to find different things. Someone's like, oh, I found a boot. I found sh- like all this, all this different stuff. But they made this online museum first of all. And people went so hyper-engaged by it that they then turned that museum into a real-life museum at Grand Central Station, New York. And people coming by and looking at Mm. it. And the uplift in sales, I can't remember the number, but it was absolutely huge. Because think about it, if you could buy a packet of Cheetos and potentially get $60,000 because your Cheeto looked like something cool, that's pretty epic. And they run this as a yearly campaign now just because of the, the hype that they had. So this was an idea that originally started out on a digital platform where users had to take a photo and then submit it to obviously like win. And it's, you know, like it's an engaging way for consumers to, yeah. you know, get involved with your brand. And as a consequence of that, they were able to have an activation. And now they've kind of got an even bigger picture, which is this, you could win $60,000 totally. for finding, I don't know, a Cheeto that looks like Donald Trump. <laughs> that was a good one. I think the real takeaway from that strategy though was having that omni-channel approach. So it had the social media side of things, so getting people to post online, getting people to go to the website to see what's being engaged with, so seeing that museum, and then having people in store, well, not necessarily in store, but in that museum in Grand Central Station. Yeah, and they had so much PR as well, which meant that they were all across all channels, people were being engaged and people being excited. That's TV Everywhere you and saw. digital and exactly. social. Yeah, so it all worked together to create this epic campaign. It wouldn't have worked just solely on one channel, and I think that was a real big takeaway from this case study in particular. Mm. I think, you know, having people within your team that can come up with these creative ideas is is beneficial to, to everyone. Like it's, it's embracing like a, a new way of thinking. And, you know, as an agency, you're always – you're looking for, for new ways to kind of – or new ideas to give brands to, to do this. And I think that where, you know, we, we can measure the impact on the digital channels, but you need to be thinking about like your broader, your brand and, you know, what's your 12-month plan? What's yeah. your 24-month plan? I know we're talking about big, big brands that are what have been around for, for youngs, but there is still something that there that is of value to the smaller brands. Anyone that does activations like that will lead towards brand advocates for you is going to have an impact on your business. So speaking of impacts of business, one thing that I think, you know, everybody's talking about and is going to really change our landscape is AI. There was so many presentations on AI and my mind was blown. Uh, I still struggle to understand the concept of it. I think, you know, one of my favorite ones was the guy that explained that AI will be that when you're driving along uh, and you get a puncture in your tire, your car will know you've got the puncture before you do, have called RACV. If you don't have a membership, they will then negotiate at a cheaper price with RACV for you, charge that to your credit card. (laughs) And then as you're realizing and pulling over, the RACV car is already on on its way to come and fix fix your car. So I think that's really cool. But what did you guys take away from the AI and I guess some... If you I, can I feel comprehend like the, it. I mean, the general consensus across every presenter is at some point AI is going to surpass marketing, like human marketing intelligence. 
and there's all these programmatic features that you could be using, incorporating into your brand, um, incorporating into how you're measuring your campaigns. It's it's overwhelming stuff, but it's things that cannot be ignored. Yeah, but there's definitely a lot of conversation about you have to have a strategy behind it. You can have AI do there's all this all data, sorts of but things. what's important? Yeah, exactly. It's reading the data, not just sending a bunch of data to a machine and expecting it to figure out what to do because it could do absolutely anything. It's having a real concise strategy in terms of how to manipulate that data to end up with something that's really tangible and really valuable for the end user. But what really resonated with me across a lot of the AI conversations was stop trying to understand what AI is. Yeah, You're not going <laughs> to figure out what it is. And that really resonated with me because I always see something, I'm like, how does that work? Like, I want to know how that is moving and doing all sorts of stuff. And at the end of the day, I just said, stop trying to figure it out but just leverage it to its best advantage. It, it, it's, it's basically what's coming up is a new era for brand and storytelling means and a new toolkit and new skills for us to learn. Building and maintaining a brand is more complex than ever, really. Like you've got, a, you've got all these tech, this technology available to you and you need to decide like what are you going to invest in. Absolutely. Because it ties into everything that we're doing across the board now. AI relates to Google, it relates to Facebook and Instagram and all those different channels. They're all using AI to some extent. And it ties into what we've spoken about a lot before in terms of messaging campaigns too. So using machine learning, using bots and all different things to communicate with your customers and have that really strong connection. So that way, because if you want to find out something these days, you want to find out right now. Mm. You don't want to message someone and get 24 hours later, you get a response and then you go back to them and they tell you in a day. It's a week-long conversation for something that could happen instantly. So I think that's a really big takeaway in terms of how to use AI for your business. It doesn't have to be amazing robots and machines and doing crazy things. It can be really starting with a small stuff like messaging it's, it's, it's choose, Yeah, and other, the other side of it is choosing what data um, from your media partners, Facebook and Google, that you want to um, leverage to improve your campaigns, you know, reaching the right people at the right time. That is all part of AI. I think the biggest barrier to improving marketing effectiveness is often a concern about people can't measure the success across channels and they are, most people are concerned about measuring their marketing investments. I know that marketing budgets are like traditionally they're always challenged because how do you tell I guess how do you your put board, a value? Yeah, on, how do you put a value yeah. on a billboard? Uh, whereas on digital, like you can put a value on a display banner that you've shown on Google. You can put a value on that 15-second YouTube ad that you're showing. Yeah, um, but it's hard to put a value on the aspects like different parts of machine learning and AI. I know Caleb, you were spending a lot of time in that Facebook booth with the VR set on, and indeed for days. And how do you quantify and qualify the value of someone spending two hours a day? Two hours is maybe a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> but I'm sure you wish you could have spent two hours. Absolutely. But how do you qualify that for a business at the end of the day? I, I think the other thing is, is the data will show you how complex a customer's journey is. We're always talking to our clients about how the average consumer, some now it, it's not just, it's not a linear approach. They don't just see one thing and want to buy from your brand. They might need 20 touch points before they even consider buying from your brand. So how do you use that data to, you know, you don't want to just throw those people away, but you're conditioning them to become familiar with you to eventually start that buyer's journey. Absolutely. Data was a massive, massive point of conversation across the whole event. And I know there were sessions that I sat in in terms of back to back with, started with Optus to Salesforce to Facebook to Google, and everyone was talking about how they use data. General consensus was that no one's using it that amazingly. 
everyone uses data, but no one's perfected how to use it, how much to use it, why to use it, and how that impacts their customers and the customer journey. So at the end of the day, it's really just refining that strategy because you can have data. You have data analysts. You can have a massive team of 50 people that analyze data on a daily basis. But if there's no strategy behind that, it's absolutely yeah. useless. If you can't pair that with what you actually want to achieve long-term as a business, then yeah. the data isn't valuable at all. It's just there. Alrighty. So speaking of analyzing data and how we can use it to better market and get sales, we better get back to work and back to our desks <laughs> so we can actually go and do that for our clients. Kayla Nicole, thank you so much. Thanks, um, Kayla. Thanks, Kayla. Had a ball with you guys in Sydney. I know. Uh, hopefully we can get to the New York ad week uh, in October. Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, thanks again for listening, everyone. It's been episode seven of the Impressive Digital Marketer podcast with Kayla and Nicole and our insights into ad week. If you could uh, subscribe through iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We'd really, really appreciate it. But other than that, until next time, Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.